You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have Afi Tuaoi joining us from Wynyard. Welcome Afi. Jason, thank you. Great to be with you. Good to have you back with us. Now, last week, I've, I've got a, an apology or a correction to make because last week I introduced you as being in Smithton. And whilst we know, or I know, that uh, you do look after the Smithton area and the church up there, you actually live in Wynyard. And so you're coming to us from Wynyard today. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. I, um, yeah, didn't want to correct you on that one, but um, <laughs> but understandably, because as you know, I do work in the the three areas and of the northwest. But um, so, yeah, so you've got Wynyard, Smithton, and do you do something down the the west coast as well? Uh, no, Alveston. Alveston as well. Okay, yes. that's a that's a pretty wide area you cover. At the moment, yes, yeah. and um, I'm sure there'll be a few changes come next year. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's good to have you back with us today. And we've been studying the book of Hosea. And uh, if you'd like to catch up with our first episode, you can do that on the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. You can download the app from the App Store on your phone or tablet. Uh, it's called Faith FM Australia. And all of our past episodes are on there under the Tassie Encounters program. And you can also uh, find the Encounters with Jesus program as well. Um, so last episode, would you like to just give us a recap of what we covered in our last episode, uh, Afi? Sure, Jason. Yeah, so what we looked at last week, or oh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, was more or less the sort of the background of what um, led into Hosea being called by God. And um, we saw that Hosea's mission is really that of a portrayal of a love story between God and his people. Uh, and namely that of the children of Israel, and Hosea was ministering to the northern kingdom. And so God had loved his people with a pure, deep, and a tender, sensitive love. And we see this sort of sensitive love come through that of the prophet Hosea. But because of the spiritual idolatry of that of the children of Israel, Hosea reveals God's heartache because of their unfaithfulness. And God's heartache over sin, his sorrow, but also we see his patience, his judgment come through, and his compassion for his ch- for his children. And then, of course, his final act of redeeming love and restoration for his people and the application, of course, to us all. What we saw then from the background of that, of um, Hosea's ministry, was that in the period of, of the kings that's mentioned there in, in uh, verse 1 of Hosea of chapter 1, he ministered through the period of the kings of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, which are the kings of Judah, and Jeroboam, the king of the the north, which is that of of Israel. And we saw the the dividing of the kingdom as Hosea ministered to both divided kingdoms, the north and the south. Mm. And then we saw in 1 Kings 11, um, they're dealing with coming to the end of the reign of King Solomon. And God had saw how King Solomon had turned his heart away from him to to spiritual idolatry. And of course then in verse 11 of chapter 11 of 1 Kings, God said to to King Solomon that he would have to tear the kingdom from him 
And then God said that he will give it to his servant. And we find that later in the chapter of chapter 11 of First Kings that his servant was Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And the fulfillment of this event in the following chapter, in First Kings chapter 12, that we saw was that under King Solomon's son Rehoboam, when the people came to Rehoboam to ask to lighten the burden of taxes that his father Solomon had put on him. And Rehoboam, therefore, as we know the story well, seeks advice from the elders as well as the advice of his youthful friends. And as we know, Rehoboam listens to the advice of his young friends instead of the elders. And his young friends say in there in verse 10 of First Kings chapter 12, says, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. The kingdom is now divided between the north, the capital, which is Samaria, and thou there, the south, which is comes the capital is Jerusalem. Mm. So ten tribes go to the north, and the two tribes remain there in Jerusalem, there in the south. So we, we see this, uh, I guess, this state of, of the uh, divided nation of Israel, really, don't we? The, the north and the south, and uh, mm. and how uh, Hosea was ministering to both areas, uh, but focused, I guess, more on the north. I guess is what we mm. we're studying here. Um, now, before we go on, I just want to let our listeners know that uh, we've got our show number. This is our Tassie Encounters show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Write that down somewhere zero four eight eight eight. Eight zero eight nine one. That's uh, our number where you can text us, and you can claim our free book offer that we'll have later in the program. But also, we love to hear from you. Text us in. Tell us where you're listening from. Uh, if you've got any questions, text us in and ask. And of course, uh, we might have a question for you to answer as well. So, we do encourage you to uh, use that number to communicate with us. Um, so what have we what are we going to be covering today um, on our program, Afi? Yeah, so we're going to look at um, chapter one of Hosea and, and seeing how God deals with the children of Israel, because what we see is that as the the nation is now or the nation of Israel is now divided in two. And as God had said to King Solomon there in First Kings 11, that he is now will be giving the, the part of that nation to his servant, which is Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And um, we, if you read First Kings chapter 11 and verse 38, it's very important we see how God's promise that he has given to Jeroboam. Please, Jason. Yeah, it says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, it says, then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as my servant David did, then I will be with you and and build for you an enduring house as I built for David and will give Israel to you. Amen. And it's a beautiful promise that God has given there. You know, if you walk in my ways, do as I say. Mm. Be faithful to me, God is saying, and then all will go well in his leadership to the northern kingdom. However, as we know, as we looked at last week, Jeroboam begins his reign not with bold confidence based on this promise that God had given him. And if he had done so, how different would, it, would have the northern kingdom been? And as we know in First Kings chapter 12 and verse 28, as we saw last week, Jason, that King Jeroboam, 
and begins his reign, unfortunately, with fear that the loyalty of the people will then turn back to Rehoboam, the king in the south there in Jerusalem. Mm. And unfortunately, what he did and his fear that he had was inexcusable, really, because God had just given him this beautiful promise that you just read. And so the king also, like his predecessor there, Rehoboam, you know, he asked his advisors, you know, for advice. What should he do? Out of the fear that he had, you know, if he had turned to God in prayer and asked for God's leading, how much different would his leadership been? And uh, what he was also really saying to God is that is rather than turning to God and seeking his his advisors, advisors. Was he was saying, you know, God, I know better. Rather than turning to you, I will turn to man. Mm. And he pursued his own course rather than seeking and fulfilling God's will. And so Jeroboam, he not only did he fear that people would turn back to Rehoboam there in Jerusalem, but he also feared that, that you know, Jerusalem was the center of, of their worship where they would take their sacrifices for their forgiveness of their sins. And so the beautiful temple that they had there in, in Jerusalem, his fear was also that this was another way that would lure the, the Israelites back to um, to Rehoboam, the king there in the south. Mm. And so this is where the sins of the northern kingdom starts to come in. First, they don't seek God, but they seek man. Secondly, he decided to invent a better version of of a Yahweh worship. And so he decides to make two golden calves, as we saw last week in chapter 12 of First King, First Kings, the two golden calves for worship. And when you read what a lot of the commentators say, they believe that the golden bulls or the calves that Jeroboam um, had created or made, that they were not intended as idols or false gods. But rather as the image, rather as images of worship to Yahweh. But as we know later, they did become um, idols of worship, and so there continues now the sin of the northern kingdom. Not only that, the sins of not only idolatry but polytheism, the worship of more than one god. But he was also introducing something just as dangerous: a religion of convenience and popular appeal. And that's something sometimes we can get caught up in today. Mm, absolutely. I've, I've got a question for you, actually, about this. To me, when I read this, I sense that there's almost some uh, envy or jealousy of what the southern <laughs> Israel had, and uh, he didn't want to let people go down there because, you know, they, they're going to be taken away from his uh, influence or whatever. And I wonder, you know, perhaps we envy things uh, in yeah. this world today that uh, God knows aren't good for us. So, um, yeah. Not not that the temple and everything wasn't good, but uh, he was trying to create something else that wasn't good for the people. Yeah, exactly right, Jason. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons that come out from here, from this part of, the, you know, the story right here where pride comes into it, mm. where, you know, he... he of, of his own leadership, you know, he wasn't confident in, um, in himself and really he wasn't confident in God that God will fulfill that promise that he gave to him in chapter 11. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when God puts us in positions and he gives us the spiritual gifts that we have, sometimes we, you know, we feel that, oh, 
you know, this one, you know, this guy or this person is a lot better than I am at this and that. But we have to realize the spiritual gifts that God has given to all of us is to advance his kingdom, mm, not to advance us. Yeah, for sure. And um, so unfortunately for um, Jeroboam, he, as I mentioned, that you know one of the dangerous things that he was sitting, uh, setting for that of religion was that of you know convenience mm. and popular appeal. And mm. sometimes in our own worship, Jason, as you mentioned, that um, you know we convenient sometimes you know we feel hey you know i don't need to go to church i can just you know watch something online yeah and um something you know oh who's preaching today oh no you know i won't bother going today (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know but god has set his place of worship for for a reason yeah absolutely and that is for us to come together for him and not for anyone else Mm, for sure it's it's uh, important that we get our guidance and our direction, um, I guess, from the right place. And the right uh, the place, obviously, is from God himself. But we'd love to ask our listeners a question right now to consider during our break. Uh, share with us a time when you've had an opportunity to guide somebody or lead them spiritually, uh, perhaps within your family or workplace. We'd love to hear from you today. So a time when you've had an opportunity to guide somebody or lead them spiritually might be your family or workplace or somewhere else, text us in on 0488-880-891. This is Find Us Faithful by Christian Berdahl. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. Those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly Through all we've left behind 
May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, today we're speaking with Afi Tuaoi on the topic of the sensitive-hearted prophet. We're studying the book of Hosea. And uh, Afi, just before the break, um, we were talking about, I guess, a summary of, of what we'd learnt last week and where the state of the northern part of Israel in particular was. Um, you had a couple more points to just wrap up that little section. Yeah, just the final point there, Jason, was that um, in Second Kings chapter 14, verse 24, and chapter 23, verse 15, it says that um, Jeroboam, he is forever branded as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. And so these are the sins that Jeroboam, son of Joash, which we read in chapter 1, verse 1 of Hosea, that he continues to commit the same sins and worse, really, a lot more than uh, his predecessor, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Mm. And um, this is the trend, unfortunately, the downward spiral of where Israel, the northern kingdom, continues on in their journey and relationship with God. And we see now God, he's trying to draw them back to him. Mm. And this is where Hosea comes in now. And now it was a strange thing, I guess, that uh, God asked Hosea to marry a, a prostitute, in essence, and um, they had three children, one of whom wasn't even um, Hosea's. And uh, I guess we're going to learn more about what all that means today. Yes, um, you know, it's a hard one sometimes for for a lot of us today to, to you know, to think about how how could God ask Hosea. You know, to marry uh, a woman uh, as, as such as, as Goma. And, mm. um, but you know, sometimes God asks us to do difficult things for, 
advance in his kingdom. And this is where Hosea's sensitive heart comes into it. Mm. It's also interesting that God asks um, some unusual people to be part of his <laughs> journey as well. So, Yeah. Um, we see that in a few places. So, Yeah. So we're going to read some uh, verses and, and unpack those a little bit. Yeah, Jason, if you wouldn't mind reading um, chapter 1 of Hosea, verses 3 to 9. And let's um, now get into the uh, what is how sensitive yeah. Hosea's heart is. Sure. Now it says, So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu, and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bore a daughter. And then God said to him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah. For I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, uh, will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor or battle, by horses or horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. Then God said, Call his name Lo-Ami, or Lo-Ami, uh, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Mm. How do you Amen. pronounce that one? Lo Ami? Yeah, I would pronounce it that way too, yeah. Jason. Lo Ami. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting that Hosea's family and his, his children here have, their names have meaning, just like our, the name, you know, our names today have meanings. Mm. And, um, do you know the meaning of your name, Jason? I think it means something about um, a healer, being a healer. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not quite sure how that's fit into my life, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And so, you know, Hosea's, the meaning of Hosea's um, names of his children, you know, they're really a warning and a pleading from God to his people. And um, as you read there from chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, you see there in verse 4, Hosea's son Jezreel. Jezreel means God will scatter. Mm. In verse 6 there, Hosea has now has a daughter, which commentators agree on that this is really not his daughter. Because now Goma now becomes unfaithful to Hosea. And she has this daughter from another man. And God says to Hosea, to name her Loruhamah, as you mentioned, which means no more pity. And then in verse 9, Hosea has another son who, once again, as commentators say, that it's not his son, but Gomer's once again from another man. And yet they're still living together mm. in, a, in a relationship, mm. but she's been unfaithful. Mm. And his name is Loami, as you mentioned, which means not my people. And you can imagine you know, Jason, you know, Hosea, as now the story goes that Hosea, I mean, sorry, Goma leaves Hosea and their three children at home with Hosea. Mm. And you can imagine, you know, the heartbreak that Hosea has over his unfaithful wife leaving them at home. And, you know, I imagine Hosea in the evenings there as the sun is setting and he's going out and his children are playing outside and he's calling them in. And, you know, the neighbors are hearing this prophet shouting, God will scatter. Mm-hmm. No more pity. Not my people. Mm. You know, the meaning of, of his children's names. 
and I can be, you know, you can be assured that passers-by felt really uncomfortable when they realized that God's prophet was calling his children, and really that is God calling his children, as we know the application there, that God will scatter, no more pity, not my people. And there are names that of warning and pleading from God, his loving heart for his people to come back to him, but also that of judgment that is to come. But we know that in um, Gomer's wife, uh, sorry, Hosea's wife, Goma, in chapter 3 there, Goma leaves Hosea and the three children at home. She's been sold as a slave. And my imagination is, Jason, that she is so worn out and unattractive that she's probably on, on special there on the blocks. Mm. But Hosea, God sends Hosea down there to buy his wife back, mm. which he does. But he doesn't take her home. When he buys her back, he, just, he doesn't just take her home to be his slave. But instead, Hosea reinstates her as his loving wife and the mother of his three children, the queen of the household. Mm. This is really a picture of God's love for us, isn't it? Oh, so true, Jason. And how much, you know, you know, we may think, well, you know, hey, I'm doing good. Mm. But it's, it's never about our goodness. Mm. But it's about our, our obedience and our faithfulness to the Lord. Mm. And when we do wander, when we do sin, God is always pleading and he's always drawing us back, just like he sent Hosea to bring his wife back. Mm. And um, Jason, you want to read Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And uh, this is the picture we see about God there in Jeremiah sure. uh, about the northern kingdom. So I'll read this and then we'll go to a break um, and we'll unpack it after the break. So it says in Jeremiah 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the firstfruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. We've got some more verses to read after the break, but uh, we'll come back and unpack this shortly. Um, but right now we're going to our break, and this is a song called My King is Known by Love. Later in the program we're going to have our free book offer, and that free book offer is called The Miracle of Conversion. So do uh, hang on for that. <clears throat> and remember our question share with us a time you've had an opportunity to guide somebody or lead them spiritually within your family this is the Clark family some are known by great authority for kingdoms as far as eyes can see in royal from thrones, waging wars they overthrow through, and call it victory. My King is known by mercy, my King is known by grace, for the hope in His name. The power that saves My King is known 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Afi Tuaoi on our series Encounters with Jesus and uh, this is really an encounter with God in the Old Testament um, with Hosea and how Hosea was used to demonstrate uh, God's heart for the people of uh, Israel. Now, we've been uh, reading a passage out of Jeremiah, and I guess it sort of throws us back to the beginning. Um, when, I said, when I read earlier, it says here, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, mm-hmm. when you went after me in the wilderness. And, uh, yeah. But uh, things have changed with the king or the northern area of Israel. 
they sure have, Jason. And um, you know, a beautiful picture that of those verses that you read of of, of the relationship that God has had with them, but it's still wanting with us today. And mm. unfortunately, things changed along in their in their relationship. And you would like to read verses thirteen and twenty one of Jeremiah chapter two, please, Jason. Yeah, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And verse 21 says, Yet I had planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of mm. an alien vine? Yeah, how you have turned. Mm. And, um, you know, we see, you know, once again, God's love and his pleading, you know, his yearning to bring his children and bring us back into this loving relationship with him. Like the song you just played there, Jason, you know, my king is known by love. Mm. And, and that's, that is, you know, a true picture of the God that we serve. You know, and then, you know, you go back to Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. You read those verses and we see now how, how God is known by love and his yearning and um, bringing us back to him. And Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Yeah, let's read that. It says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. Amen. So this is, uh, is this um, now Israel deciding or calling, Hosea calling Israel to return to God? They are. Yeah, mm. definitely. And this is where, you know, Hosea representing God, he's calling and he's pleading revealing his love to them you know and like verse one why does the lord tear us because verse one tells us because he wants to heal us mm. we we ha at times have to go through you know difficult times and the decisions that we make and god is saying that you know you're tearing us apart in our relationship but hey i'm going to be healing you as you go through that and then verse two he expands on this idea or this thought that he says, after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. You know, here, Jason, this, here comes, you know, a prophecy that is applied to Jesus and his resurrection on the third day, his mm. death for us. And this is what God is saying, that I'm willing to even to go to death in our relationship to rescue you and to save you. But he's also talking about, you know, our experience, our journey with him, that we may be raised up to a new life with Jesus and live before him. Mm. And so there in verse 1 of chapter 6, we find there, as you read, you know, it's a call to return. Verse 2, it's a promise of revival. Verse 3, as you read, you know, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. And so what is the spring rain? Mm, I was going to ask that question, but you beat yeah. me to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the spring rain is the early rain. And that period of time, you know, they when they planted their crops, you know, they knew the, the, the month so that where the early rain would come. And we have noticed there in, in 
in these verses that you read that there are three R's from these verses. Verse 1, the first R is return. Mm. Verse 2, the second R is revive. In verse 3, it is the rains. This is what God is planning to do for us and what we desperately need today. The sequence of these promises will follow in the experience of God's people. First comes, if, we, if we're willing to come back to God, we will return to Him and then there will be a revival. And then the early and latter rains, where we cannot expect the final great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives until there is a return to the Lord and a revival continues to happen within us in our relationship with Him. Mm. So um, where does that take us and how does that apply to us, I guess? Well, we see then, you know, God's confrontive grace that He brings through Hosea. God chooses to choose us even when we have rejected his faithfulness. And that's the beautiful thing about the God that we serve. That even though we're willing to turn from him, he's still there, you know, yearning and he's wooing us to come back. There are no depths to which we can sink where he will not find us and seek to will us back into a right relationship with himself. And that's where we hear today from Hosea, Jason, Mm. is God's yearning love, his love that is loyal, that is lasting, faithful, energetic, and and tireless. And the dilemma that God has in dealing with Israel's unfaithfulness, that there is judgment and forgiveness. There was a cross in the heart of God before there was a cross of Calvary. Mm. There was a cross of judgment and forgiveness in God's heart. Because sin and rebellion, as we all know, Jason, you know, it separates us from God. And, but God cannot wink at our sin and that separates us from him. And at the same time, God must find a way to confront us with our sin and heal us. And that's God's amazing love. Mm. There's a passage, Arfie, I'm, I'm just going to read that reminds me so much of this because this is Old Testament that we're focusing on here. Mm. But there's a passage in the New Testament in Second Corinthians uh, 7 verse 10 that says, for the kind of sorrow, this is, I'm reading from the New Living Translation here, but it says the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads away from sin and results in salvation. There's no mm. regret for that kind of sorrow. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? So God does allow us to go through these difficult times, and, and but he's, he's ultimately doing that so that we return to him. Amen. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right, Jason. You know, we sometimes, because of the decisions that we make, God has to allow us to go through those difficult times. But He's also in that difficult time with us to for us to to remind us that He hasn't given up on us. Mm. But for us to for us to find that way through His power, not our own, mm. to bring us back to Him. Mm. And um, that's why trifling with God's grace would not change God, but it changes us. Yeah. And we can drift so far that we no longer cherish being chosen, but become incapable of really recognizing and confessing our sins. And this is what happened to Israel. And the naming of Isaiah's children is a stark reminder of this, that God will scatter, no more pity, not no longer my people. But that's the story that we have so far in chapter 1 of Isaiah. Mm. Yeah, well, we're going to go to a break, and uh, it's time for our book offer. 
Um, the Miracle of Conversion by Morris Venden. This is the book we're going to give away. We've only got two copies of this to give away today, so you need to get in early with your codes. Um, once again, Morris Venden has compiled an anthology of invaluable information, this time on the subject of conversion, to help us in our Christian walk. According to Venden, conversion is the most neglected and most important topic in the Christian church. This book starts with the necessity of conversion and covers the work of the Holy Spirit, the born-again experience, the effect of sin, the steps to conversion, the importance of beholding Jesus, and much more. After the break, we'll give you the code for this book, but right now, this is Grace by City of Light. And now I free 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program today with Afi Tuaoi on the topic of Hosea, the sensitive-hearted prophet. Before the break, I mentioned our free book giveaway today is The Miracle of Conversion and that's by Morris Venden. We've got two copies of that to give away today, so get your phones ready. The number is 0488880891. Text that in to Encounter, sorry, text this code, Encounter18, Encounter18, no spaces. Text that in to our show number, 0488880891. The first two in will get a copy of that book today. So, Arfi, you've got a bit of a story to wrap up and a few points to make. Yeah, thanks, Jason. And um, here we have, you know, as we saw, God's love for the children of Israel and planing them back there and saw that in Chapter 6. And um, there's a story that um, sort of fits in well with this as a soldier by the name of Brent Walker in the Vietnam War in 1970. Him and his friends, his uh, fellow soldiers, were caught in enemy fire. And so one of the soldiers radioed for help and a helicopter was sent to their rescue. As the helicopter noticed the soldiers and um, lowered the ladder down to rescue them, one of the soldiers, as they were climbing up the ladder, whose name was Brent Walker, he stumbled on climbing up the ladder and he dropped his rifle, dropped his radio and and fell back. Fortunately, his uh, his foot was caught within the rungs of the of the rope ladder. Mm. The medic who was up there on the helicopter saw, noticed what happened and he quickly climbed down the ladder to grab hold of, of Brent Walker and then you can imagine as... The helicopter um, pilot saw what was happening, quickly flew, and as he was doing so, he noticed you know the enemy was still firing at them and had to be careful as he was um, navigating his way um, through the, the forest there in the bush as he was taking Brent and, and the medic there, sort of hanging like a, tra- a trapeze there on, on the rope ladder. Mm. They finally were able to um, get Brent to the hospital and um, as they did so, Brent there was in the hospital. He didn't remember much, but only remember sort of hanging, flying there on the ladder. And then the pilot and um, the medic left Brent there and they went back to find other soldiers. Brent's story actually was caught by a reporter 30 years later about what happened. And as he wrote a piece in the paper about his story, uh, one of the uh, television stations caught hold of the story and they made us, uh, a story out of it and invited Brent to come on on, on the telev- television show to, to tell his story. And um, by this time, 30 years later, Brent is married, has his children and, and grandchildren and was living a very successful life at this time. And he tells the story on the television show that he wouldn't be able to accomplish what he has done without the the rescuers of that day, the pilot and the medic. Mm. And to his amazement, the host of the television show then turns around and he invites on the stage the pilot and the medic 
who helped and rescued Brent that day. And um, Brent walks over, finally jumps from his seat. First time he has seen them in 30 years. Wow. Gives them a hug, and he's crying and he's sobbing in joy because he knew without his rescuers, he wouldn't be there that day. You know, Jason, it's um, the application of this story for you and I and to our listeners is, you know, how grateful are we? Because this man, Brent, for 30 years yearned to thank his rescuers. And how much do we need to yearn for our rescuer? And sometimes I ask the question, Jason, and are we grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us? Mm. You know, are we grateful for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who came down to this dark earth to rescue us? Because Jesus declares, Behold, I have graven you on the palms of my hands. With loving kindness, I have drawn you. You are mine. And that's why Isaiah, in his final verse of his book there in chapter 14, he says, Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, the righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. And this is Hosea's powerful plea from God, his message to us today to wake up, to sense the inevitable results of carelessness and iniquity within our lives, to realize how much God truly loves us. Those who are wise will respond to the compelling power and pleading of God's love in their hearts will be drawn to the fullness of pardon and the salvation that God is willing to offer to all of us, those who eagerly long to come into his loving arms and to experience that love he's willing to bestow upon us. Mm. I'm wondering if uh, our listeners uh, have been through uh, an experience that they'd like to share with us. Uh, We may not uh, share it on air today, of course, but... um, We'd love to hear from you. If you want to text us in any time during the week on our show number, 0488-880-891, has God worked through some difficult times in your life to bring you back to him? We'd love to hear from you, um, your experience. We Maybe we can share that on air as well. Um, Afi, have you had an experience? I'm just uh, wondering if you've actually... Um, had something in your life that's uh, challenged you to rethink and and to come back to God. Yeah, um, you know, I I was uh, visiting a a church member yesterday and um, yesterday afternoon, and he works on the on at the hospital. He's one. He's a head of one of the departments there, and um, on on Sabbath on Saturday. Um, when we were at church, he asked me that um, if I had any literature that I could give to him that he's able to share with people out there on the West because, as you know, Jason, we, we don't have a presence out there. Mm. And um, and he, his name is Jamie, Jamie Goldsmith, and um, very passionate about the Lord and um, wanting to share God's plan of salvation. And so yesterday I went around to see him and gave him a box of books and um, signs of the times. And we talked about um, our relationship with the Lord. And both of us had shared about a time in our lives that, you know, we have wandered away from God, mm. uh, just like Gomer. 
mm. and um, through God's grace, you know, and we, we recognize, both recognize that, you know, it, we had nothing to do with it and just how thankful we are that God never gave up on us. Mm. And he brought us back into the fold and brought us back in the loving relationship with him. And because of that, Jamie and I, you know, we just want to share what God has done within our lives and what he's willing to do to all. Mm. And I shared with Jamie, um, you know, to sh- we need to share this with our, our children, mm. allow them to hear and to see what God has done. Absolutely. It's so important to share. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We, we didn't get anybody uh, texting in about the question today, but if you've had a time or an opportunity to, to guide somebody or lead them or share spiritually with them in your family or workplace, um, we'd love to hear from you. So you can text us in after the show today. But uh, now we're out of time, and next week, uh, Afi, you won't be with us. Uh, it'll be uh, Mark Falconer mm. on our program. But the next time we have you back on in two weeks, um, do you want to give us a quick run over as to what we're going to do? Yeah, so we'll we'll go over chapter two of Hosea, and one of the areas we'll be looking at is syncretism. What is syncretism? Because that clearly comes through in chapter two of Hosea. Syncretism. Okay, well, mm. I'm not going to ask what that means right now because it's too complicated. <laughs> so I'll look forward to learning about that in two weeks' time. Of course, tomorrow we've got Peter Watts. He will be joining us um, with continuing the book of Daniel. We're up to Daniel chapter 4. It's a fascinating book, so please do join us tomorrow um, for Daniel chapter 4 with Peter Watts. Now, I think that's all we've got for today. I think our offers, our book offers have both been claimed, so there's no point uh, texting in right now because we've run out of copies of that. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, we do hope that you've been blessed by this program and understand the genuine love that God has for all of us. And uh, we just pray that God is with you today and you feel his presence wherever you are. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, and uh, Afi will be back in two weeks' time. Thanks, Jason. No worries.
Yeah.